0: Hey everyone, welcome to Access All Areas, a podcast featuring inspiring conversations with a range of amazing individuals, including Paralympic athletes, accessible tour companies, disabled influencers, and many more. In this episode, we feature the audio version of a conversation that was recorded live. If you'd like to watch the video version, head over to Honda Discover's Facebook page or YouTube channel. Now, let's jump into the episode. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for a new episode of Access All Areas. Today, I'm going to be talking with a very special guest. I'm going to be speaking with John Morris of WheelchairTravel.org, one of the world's leading accessible travel websites. So please welcome John. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Corey. I hope uh, you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing really well. How are you doing in this... uh, It's been quite a year for accessible travel, us in the industry, so how are you now? Where are you planning to go next? What's it kind of been like for you?
1: Well, obviously it's been uh, sort of slow to reintegrate uh, into society for many of us. Um, To this point, I've taken uh, a number of domestic trips around the the US. I uh, just the other day uh, got back to Florida from St. Louis, uh, where I was seeing some baseball games, uh, which was very exciting. Nice. Uh, but today, uh, I'm actually headed abroad uh, to Brazil,
0: to Rio de Janeiro. Oh, wow. And so this, will it be your first international trip, or?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, first uh, international trip uh, since February, uh, right before the pandemic, uh, when I was in uh, Buenos Aires, actually. Oh, so nice. headed back to South America.
0: Yeah, I think we missed each other in Buenos Aires by like just a few days. Like we were there back to back, pretty much. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you you were on the cruise ship, I think, and yeah, uh, yeah I was uh, I was just hanging out in the city. But uh, yeah, maybe uh, I'm I'm you know I'm hoping that our paths will actually meet
0: uh, at some point in the future. Yeah, hopefully so. And I'm definitely jealous about Brazil, and can't wait to hear. All about that. Um, yeah, gonna, gonna definitely be following your social channels over the next few days for sure. But awesome. um, to start us out, can you tell us a bit about who you are and about your travel website, uh, wheelchairtravel.org?
1: Yeah, so uh, I started uh, wheelchairtravel.org about uh, five, five years ago now. Um, so it's been a, an interesting journey. Um, you know, in many respects of of running a a large website uh, and documenting accessibility um, around the world. Uh, Got uh, more than 50 uh, travel guides to cities uh, here in uh, the US and of course abroad. And uh, yeah, I I really enjoy uh, uh, sharing this information with travelers and hearing from them about how they're
0: using it to, uh, open the world to themselves. Awesome. And um, I'm just showing some of your travel photos. We'll definitely get more into traveling later. I can't wait to hear about your experience on safari and all, you've been all over the world. So we definitely have a lot to talk about when it comes to travel. But to start back from the beginning, I would love to talk about um, disability and a bit about around that. So can you please tell us how you joined the disability community? sure um back in 2012
1: i had a car accident um that uh well the car caught fire and uh i was left ultimately a, a triple amputee and a burn survivor if it hadn't been for the fire that erupted in the car um i would still have all of my limbs but uh i'm three short now uh got my left hand fortunately uh, and I've always been left-handed, so I didn't have to necessarily adapt in that way. Um, but, uh, you know, I spent, uh, spent a year in and out of the hospital, basically bedridden. And uh, I was able to take my first trip in January of 2014. Um, and it was an exciting time to be getting back out and traveling again because uh, my alma mater, uh, Florida State University, uh, was playing in the national championship football game mm-hmm. against Auburn University. And fortunately, as a reward, I guess, for uh, my perseverance in getting back out there, they did uh, win the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had a fantastic uh, experience uh, on that first trip. But I also encountered a significant number of barriers. And uh, planning the trip uh, was not easy because... Uh, As I'm sure you know, much of the world is yet to be discovered, I think, by uh, disabled travel writers like ourselves. And, um, you know, the resources out there for many destinations are limited. And so that is what led me to create my website. Um, And some of the first things that I was sharing were about places that no one had written about. Uh, Beijing, China uh, being, Uh, one of the well actually the first uh, international destination that I visited and so um, you know I'm excited to see the space growing we have new bloggers I think joining us uh, every year Uh, I'd say every day but I don't think there are quite that many Um, but yeah so you know I I really enjoy uh, you know the opportunity to to share the world with others
0: yeah absolutely I mean I Completely agree. I mean, when I started Curb Free with Corey Lee, it was back in like late 2013. There were only maybe a few other accessible travel bloggers out there, but now it seems like definitely more and more are popping up, which is great, really, because I mean, there's a lot of world to explore and write about. So while I think, you know, we are competitors to some degree with like SEO and things, technical things like that. Um, It's really great that more information is being available more than ever, uh, which was definitely not out there when I was younger and just started traveling. Um, So definitely glad to have your website out there. It's one that I refer to frequently. I was just reading an article this morning actually about um, like airports in the U.S. that have adult changing tables and it was on your website. And so, uh, I mean, just the information like that is so powerful and good to know. And I even learned that Atlanta now finally has an adult changing table. So that's very good to learn this morning. So thank you for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fantastic news. And I think uh, really uh, what inspires me perhaps more than anything to keep going is advocacy and uh, speaking up about issues that affect me directly and then also those that don't. Uh, I don't require an adult changing table, but Many of my readers uh, do, and I want to make sure that that facility is available here in the U.S., uh, just as it is in, in you know, for instance, in the United Kingdom, where um, I think every airport has an adult changing table. Um, and so that's something that we want to see. I just uh, the other day um, saw a news article. A couple of brothers in Kentucky are trying to get uh, adult change or changing tables. Uh, they specifically are interested in helping families with disabled children, but um, at, uh, at rest areas on the highway. Oh. And I think that that is uh, an important thing to do as well. Uh, ultimately, we'd like to see accessibility everywhere. And uh, sort of my mantra is equal access everywhere is uh, what we should be striving for. And so a lot of that comes through on my website. It's not always about the best places to eat or the best things to do. Um, I pay a lot of attention to um, accessibility barriers and how we can overcome them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, before you know, becoming disabled and a wheelchair user, were you a big traveler before that, or did you kind of just start traveling after you know you became a wheelchair user? I, I was a big
1: traveler uh, before. Um, I when I when I was in college and in grad school I would go away to faraway places on the weekends uh, and I didn't have a whole lot of time. I a few years ago uh, I was uh, writing about one of my favorite trips ever probably my favorite trip ever and maybe still to this day I went to Alaska for 48 hours. Uh, my flight landed I was on the ground for 48 hours, but I got to see so much. And that was in college and it was easy for me because I didn't have uh, to deal with, uh, you know, traveling with a 400 pound wheelchair. And so, um, you know, it was sort of a, an awakening for me, um, you know, uh, coming into disability, something that I hadn't been really exposed to prior to my car accident and realizing that the world is actually extremely different um, for those of us who have disabilities. And uh, adapting to the environment is not always easy, but uh, I think with determination, we're often able to find a way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you have enough determination, you can do almost anything. And Alaska 48 hours sounds like something I would probably not do now, but I definitely would. (laughs) back in my college days, so I, I yeah. guess we can fill you there. <laughs> and um, since like your early travels, I know you mentioned some of your earliest travels as a wheelchair user were in like 2014. So do you think that accessibility has improved even in the past seven years since then? And what would you still like to see be improved like more than anything? Well, I, you
1: know, yes and no. I think um, in a lot of areas, there are advancements. I know that in 2014, when I started traveling, beach wheelchairs were very rare. And now uh, every day, almost, I hear of a new city that's making that investment to provide it to travelers. Um, and, you know, there have been advancements at individual businesses um that is sort of on a location by location basis but i also think that there are things that um particularly with air travel for instance uh which is um i've taken now more than 800 flights uh with my power wheelchair uh since 2014 and so i feel like i've gained a fairly large sample size um, to cast some judgments on how things are with air travel for wheelchair users. And, uh, one of the biggest challenges that I see coming up to us is that, uh, narrow body aircraft, that is airplanes with a single aisle are now going to be flying across the Atlantic Ocean. And these aircraft do not have the accessible, the larger accessible lavatories um, that many of us have come to rely on, on long flights. Um, And so I think that these are challenges because, you know, when a new airplane is purchased, its service life is anywhere between 20 and 30 years and sometimes longer. And so... um, You know, I I think that there are a lot of challenges that we're facing and trying to work on to curtail in some fashion. Um, But uh, there's a lot of great things happening out there as well. So it's sort of a mixed bag. But I think uh, by sharing the gems of accessibility that are out there, um, you and I are able to direct people to uh, new opportunities that, that have value and provide access.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'm really, you know, that's not good to hear about the aircrafts, uh, going to just single body, but, you know, hopefully something will be done about it. I know that you're a huge advocate and I'm constantly trying to make the industry do better and be better. So, um, thank you for that, uh, for sure. And, uh, uh, you've said you've taken over like 800 flights. So, I mean, we definitely can't cover every destination you've been to, but uh, I wish we had the time to do that. But what are some of your favorite experiences that you've had in your travels? Like if you could only name just a few, what would be your favorites? And well,
1: for, first and foremost, I think, I think the trip that I've taken as a disabled person that really challenges the joy that I experienced in Alaska as a non-disabled person is my safari in Kenya. Um, it was an incredibly transformational experience. Uh, this photo here uh, wasn't obviously out in the uh, safari wilderness, but it did. Uh, it was a, at a giraffe, uh, well, the Nairobi Giraffe Center, where they uh, rehabilitate, rehabilitate uh, injured uh, injured animals. And I uh, had the opportunity to interact with this giraffe here. Uh, he was pretty hungry. So the, the, I guess, food pellets that they gave me to feed him with, um, uh, he enjoyed very much. Awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, being out there, and I, I know that you've been on a safari as well, uh, being out there and seeing... Um, you know, uh, nature unfold before your eyes is truly incredible, and uh, it's, it, it's just such a, a peaceful experience and an opportunity that I think, um, you know, many of us dream of having in our lives, and so uh, being able to actually experience that um, was a, a humbling and incredible experience.
0: Yeah, Awesome. Yeah, I mean, your uh, information about that, I remember like seeing that trip on social and it just looked incredible. I have been on safari in South Africa, but not in Kenya. So uh, it looks like something I definitely need to do. And are there any other travel experiences that really stand out as phenomenal?
1: Well, another, and I don't know if I uh, provided a photo of this, so you'll have to maybe remind me of some that I did share. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one uh, that that I have really loved is uh, last year when I went to Argentina, it was my second uh, time there, and I was able to attend. I'm a huge tennis fan, and I was able to attend... Um, the Argentina Open, uh, men's, uh, uh, tennis, uh, ATP 250 tour for those of you, uh, who are tennis fans out there. And, uh, I got to, uh, toss the coin before the doubles final. Wow. And, uh, so I went out onto the court and,
0: uh, it was, uh, you know, a really memorable experience. Yeah, sounds very cool. And, uh, One experience that I did see you went on that I'm like tremendously jealous of was your trip to Egypt and you actually raised a camel. So can you talk a bit about that trip maybe and what (laughs) that was like? It's something I've always dreamed of. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I have. uh, I've made a lot of trips uh, to Cairo, actually. And uh, on my uh, second trip there, I finally made it out uh, to the pyramids at Giza. And I said, you know, I have to get a photo uh, on a camel. And yeah. having only one hand and not having feet to place in the stirrups on the camel, uh, on, the, on the saddle there, uh, I was wobbling on top. And it was one of the most terrifying experiences I think that I've had. Uh, and, um, you know, but it's incredible. Uh, the photo could have been better, but my taxi driver... Uh, was shooting it. And, uh, you know, uh, Cairo, uh, Egypt is a very difficult place to visit. Um, And, uh, you know, I certainly had some difficulty there, but its beauty and the history and the people I actually found to be uh, very wonderful. Um, And yeah, so I, you know, I highly recommend it. Uh, I have a a pretty detailed um, travel guide for Cairo on my website, but I've also visited uh, a resort town, uh, Sharm el-Sheikh in, um, in Egypt as well, and that was even more difficult than Cairo, so I wouldn't necessarily uh, recommend that as a top destination, but uh, Cairo is incredibly doable. And uh, you know, just with the the proper amount of planning and informing uh, yourself of uh, what to expect there, I think is really the best advice that I can can offer to people.
0: Yeah, if I had that picture with the on the camel in front of the pyramids, I mean, it would be my default picture for the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> I mean, it, you said it's like not that great, and I'm sitting here like, what is he talking about? Like, it's it's epic. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I think, uh, I think if, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still looking maybe for that photo where I can just say, Hey, I'm done. I'm done. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can stop, but I haven't found it yet. It is a good one though.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. We do have some people tuning in that I want to say hello to. And, um, if, you are watching and have a question for John, uh, definitely leave a comment and we'll ask him. Um, so please let us know if you do. And you talked a lot about your great travel experiences, but are there any experiences that stand out maybe as like not so great? And if so, how did you deal with that on the spot?
1: Well, I think uh, I, this was probably about two years ago now. I went, to, I met my sister um, in Bogota, Colombia, wow. and uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting city. Uh, accessibility, I thought, was actually quite good um, uh, in terms of. Uh, You know, I could get around on the sidewalks, but as you see there, I had a a mid-wheel drive power wheelchair at the time. And so these chairs have casters on the front and back uh, that are kind of small. I think the diameter is six inches. And uh, in the city, the the only transportation that I could find that was accessible um, was the city bus system. And it's an interesting system in that it's a a BRT system, a bus rapid transit. And so they actually have bus stations and the buses pull up to sort of the station platform and and you move from the station into the bus. Unfortunately, the gap between the buses and the stations um, can be quite significant. A number of times it was... uh, more than three or four inches. And so uh, with the the small size of my front casters, which enter uh, first, um, it was challenging. Uh, there were some buses where I said, all right, it's not close enough, I can't get on this. Um, and I actually on one, I said, well, maybe if I just go with speed, I'll jump across it. Uh, <laughs> it was a bad idea. In fact, I ended up uh, sort of fell face first down into the floor oh, of the bus. Wow. Um, and uh, that was challenging. Fortunately, I had my sister with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, being someone who often travels alone, uh, that you know, that's something that I kept in mind. Um, and so, when I purchased a new wheelchair, um, I guess a couple of years ago now. Um, I got a front uh, uh, a four wheeled wheelchair so it's got two big front wheels and larger casters on the back and that's really helped me to negotiate some of those larger gaps on uh, public transit uh, and that includes uh, cities here in the United States where um, there's a gap between the the station platform and for instance the subway train
0: yeah for sure yeah that sounds like a scary experience, but uh, I'm sure you won't be trying that again. So at least that was a learning (laughs) opportunity as well, I guess. Sure. And, uh, what are, what is like your top tip or tips even from, for other travelers that do use a wheelchair?
1: Well, I think, uh, I think number one is always do the research and have a plan. I think that, uh, you, you know, there there's a a lot of uncertainty that's out there. Oh, that's in that's in London. I love London. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, but you know, I think people need to uh, do the work and try to find an answer, whatever that answer um, might uh, might be, whether it's a yes or a no on whether something is possible. Um, trying to figure out exactly how it can can be organized. Um, There are destinations uh, over the course of my time as a wheelchair user that I haven't been able to figure out yet. And uh, until I'm able to figure out those cities, uh, I'm going to wait until I can can sort out the answers. Um, And uh, really, I think secondly, and this sort of goes into what I was saying earlier about what happened in Bogota, um, there are going to be challenges that pop up. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you know this uh, very well also. Um, And I think having the, the perseverance and even the persistence um, to press forward uh, despite some of the difficulties. I mean, you know, I know for many of us, air travel is not enjoyable and it's, frustrating, and it puts us in a bad mood. But I try to flip the switch as soon as I land and uh, and focus on enjoying the opportunities that are in front of me. Um, and so I think really it's about attitude uh, and, um, you know, doing the work of, of planning.
0: Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head right there. It's all about having a positive attitude and just keeping in mind how amazing the destination is gonna be once you get there, um, you know, when it comes to air travel. And I know that you've flown a fair amount like over the past few months. And do you have any tips for wheelchair users that like wanna get back out there, but maybe are a little nervous about getting back on a plane right now? What's that experience kind of been like for you in the pandemic when it does come to air travel and yeah, do you have any tips?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's an important thing to consider right now. Um, I've uh, I'm not sure exactly how many flights I've taken during the pandemic. I, I think it's probably over 20 now. Um, but uh, I, and I was traveling before I was vaccinated and uh At that time, flight loads were very low. Uh, But now that I'm traveling again and I do have the vaccine, I certainly feel a little more comfortable. For instance, in those interactions where close contact is unavoidable, like boarding the airplane. Um, But uh, now the airplanes are full. They are very full, in fact. And uh, I know that Delta for many months has been blocking the middle seat in the economy cabin Uh, but that is coming to an end I think at the end of this month and uh, no other airlines are currently blocking the middle seat and so you should anticipate uh, if you are planning to fly about being in close contact with other people I mean inches away Um, and uh, that may cause uh, some people some consternation. Uh, They may be apprehensive about flying right now, and I think that that's a perfectly acceptable reaction. But I have faith in the vaccines, and uh, I personally uh, was blessed to receive the Moderna vaccine, Um, and other members of my family have gotten the Pfizer vaccine. And none of us uh, have, um, you know, and I know that this isn't uh, a scientific evidence, but none of us have uh, come down um, with any complications. So I think the vaccine is safe um, and I trust the health experts, but I also trust the data that shows that if you have been vaccinated, it's extremely unlikely to contract the virus. And uh, I'm taking, Uh, that reassurance that we've received from Dr. Fauci and from other um, uh, medical professionals, uh, that it is safe to get out there if you've been vaccinated. And I think also for those who either aren't vaccinated or or won't be able to have access to the vaccine, as more of us are vaccinated, that should create a, a, a safer environment for other people uh, to, to engage with the world. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I, the, I wrote an article on sort of tips for traveling and flying during the pandemic for those of us with disabilities. And I, it's sort of really just echoing what the CDC has told us that, you know, where possible, we should social distance. Uh, if possible, we should be wearing a mask. Um, and really even two masks, as we've been told. So if that's a possibility, um, any shield that you can can place between yourself and, uh, you know, that outside environment where, um, you know, the virus could be in the air or on surfaces, um, trying to protect yourself from that, I think it is, is critical. And so even though I've been vaccinated, and even though I wear a mask, I'm still... Sanitizing my hand, and um, you know, uh, trying to avoid large crowds of people, um, and I think that that all of these are sort of best practices for for keeping ourselves safe.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I am doing the same thing. I've received both doses of Moderna, just like you, and I do feel more confident now, but still trying to take every precaution and safety measure that I can. Uh, gonna be getting on my first flight soon since the pandemic started. Um, and I will be sharing all about that um, here on the HonDiscover Discover social media channels in the next couple of weeks. So definitely stay tuned for that if you're watching. Um, and yeah, have fun uh, traveling to Brazil tonight on your first international flight. Uh, I can't wait to hear all about it and what that whole flying process is gonna be like. So uh, um, I'll definitely be tuning in as I said, to your social media channels, but, uh, post COVID, like once the world is fully opened back up and we can go anywhere that we want. Um, it sounds like a dream at this point, but I'm really looking forward to it. What is on the top of your travel bucket list?
1: Number, number one, uh, Absolutely, and I, I've been there. I haven't, I haven't been uh, as a wheelchair user uh, yet. Um, I've intended to uh, so many times, but I want to go back to Rome. Wow. Um, it uh, is a special place for me uh, being a Catholic and um, uh, it is an incredible city. The food is fantastic. Um, time yeah. I'm in Italy, uh, I well, I love Italian food, and uh, and that's uh, not necessarily the stuff that you get at Olive Garden or the dishes that are on the menu there, but really true Italian food. Um, and uh, you know, I think uh, it's it's called the Eternal City, um, and there is so much uh, incredible things to do there. You know, I went uh, you well know, when I before the wheelchair. When I went to Rome, I uh, visited uh, the Colosseum, of course. And I would just love to get a photo. And this might be the photo where I say, all right, I'm done. This is good. (laughs) This is what I've been looking for. But a photo of me in my wheelchair in the Colosseum. Uh, That is a shot that I would love to get. And now look, I tell people, don't travel for a photo. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, don't do that because... Um, as, as you and I both know, travel is about experiences and not those Instagram moments. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, really what I'm most looking forward to about getting back into a normal travel environment um, is the opportunity to truly engage with people um, mm-hmm. where there's not that fear between us and um, that, you know, he could be infected, I don't know, uh, and we shouldn't get close, we shouldn't be shaking hands, we shouldn't be hugging. Um, and that, I think, that that physical contact, that closeness, that ease of encountering other people, and that um, concern about large crowds and groups of people um, is sort of what has made travel less enjoyable during the pandemic and I think for me that is what I'm most looking forward to uh, re-engaging with.
0: Yeah I can't wait for that either I'm like so excited to finally you know be vaccinated and getting back out there but those experiences with like the locals and just interacting with people in our travels is definitely very very missed uh, just like you said and for sure what I'm looking the most forward to as well. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that. And uh, uh, I hope you have a great time in Brazil. We'll all be tuning in, but can you please let everyone know where they can find you and connect with you online in the meantime?
1: Sure. Uh, The website is wheelchairtravel.org. And uh, that's true also for Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Twitter has a character limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm WC travel org um, mm-hmm. on Twitter uh, and I'm probably most active on Twitter. I really need to get better at the social media game. Um, but uh, I, I really do uh, uh, look forward to, to sharing more information about this trip to Rio. And I think that um, I, you know, in some respects, uh, you know, there are things that I do expect, you know, I've had to, I've had to get a COVID test uh, before my flight tonight uh, to prove that, that I'm safe to go. And uh, there are um, strict protocols um, being enforced in Rio, especially in Brazil. Right. Um, and I think there are even lockdowns at night, so I, I won't be going out late. Uh, but I also think that there are probably a lot of things that I'm not necessarily sure of or prepared for. And uh, I, I look forward to sort of sharing this experience of international travel um, with others, uh, disabled and non-disabled people who are considering uh, getting back out there and, and taking that vacation.
0: Yeah, we'll all definitely tune in and thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's been a lot of fun. I've loved learning all about your travels and some of your insights that you've shared with us. So yeah, thank you so much and hopefully we'll see each other in person very soon. Awesome, Corey. It was good to be with you, and I hope you have a great trip to Costa Rica. Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) I'll see you later. All right, goodbye. And thank you all so much for tuning in uh, to this episode of Access All Areas. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode with a very special guest. So until then, stay tuned here on the Honda Discover social media channels. And if you are looking for accessible accommodations, definitely check out on discover.com. Thanks. See you later. Thanks for joining me for this episode of access all areas. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can get notifications about upcoming episodes.